1: Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And thanks to the help uh, you get from ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive on beautiful Grand Avenue in St. Paul. We'll keep it running for you. If you uh, need to bring in your vehicle to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop for service, but you want to know what the heck is wrong with this thing, uh, Dan Burns will give you some idea. And as uh, good morning Dan.
0: Good morning Danny, how are you?
1: I'm quite well, thanks for asking. I hope you uh, you are too and all the folks at uh, Lloyds Automotive. Busy week well, I did, presume.
0: You just have to look out the window and uh, <laughs> yes. make it makes life just a little bit better as the sun is coming up and the sky is bluebird. It's just beautiful out.
1: Yeah, starting to see the lawn again. Uh, in, yeah. in the neighborhood. That's always good. Uh if you do have a car care question, don't don't wait because Dan uh, is with us for well till about 7:45 or so. Uh so don't wait if uh, you want to call in your question or send a text, it's the same number. 651-989-9226. In fact, somebody sent a text already. You, you and I did a show one of the shows many many years ago about high-mileage cars, and people, we had no way of verifying it. People would be calling up. We didn't have texts at that time, uh, calling up saying, uh, uh, I had, you know, 3 million miles, whatever. It was high mileage. But a texter wants to know, Dan Burns, in your career, what is, what is the highest mileage car you've ever worked on? I don't even know if no. you remember that. you worked <laughs> on a few. Yeah.
0: I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I remember that. You know, it used to be that when a car got over 100,000 miles, that was unusual. Now, that's very common. In fact, they all go more, than, more miles than that. And uh, when, they, when they get to be over 200,000 miles, it causes me to pause and take notice. And, you know, at that point, you have to kind of look at the whole vehicle and decide if uh, it makes sense to do some repairs and stuff, because it's getting a little long in the tooth, as they say, at 200,000 miles. But it's also gotten more common for me to see 300,000 miles. Wow! And so, um, and uh, they, you know, oftentimes at 300,000 miles, they're still just fine. And so uh, I don't, <clears throat> I don't remember seeing one over 300. I mean, I'm sure I have, but I don't remember working on one that's, got more than 400,000 miles. Certainly, I've done one that's more than 300,000 miles, and uh, and that's, you know, like I say, getting to be more common now. Uh, um, still pretty unusual, but but getting to be more common. You know, if you drive uh, fifteen or 20,000 miles a year, which is, you know, plenty, uh, I, I don't know what the average is, but it's probably 15,000 miles or something. It takes a long time to get to three or four hundred thousand miles, so yeah. uh, to get to that many miles, you almost have to have a driving job where the car's on the road a lot uh, but i think I think for the average driver to get their vehicle to three hundred thousand miles, the car's just gotten so old by then that uh that other things you know age is getting too an. old and rust and rust, yeah, in Minnesota, yeah. that sure happens
1: yeah six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is the phone number and the text number if you have any kind of a car care question uh, Tony and I were talking my son Tony whom you know uh we we're uh, we we're talking about the change in temperature and he said on automobiles where's the thermometer and I said let's ask Dan on Saturday <laughs> where and in, 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 and it's it's not it's not really a thermometer is it
0: it is a thermometer, and it is uh, you mean you mean the one that you see that where it's giving you the ambient temperature outside. Yes, that, that's what you're wondering. So, the, so it's reading the outside temperature on the dash, and where it is, Denny, is out in front of the radiator. You know, on, on in the front of the car, so that it's protected from all of the uh, heat of the engine and all that sort of stuff. So as you get driving down the road, the wind, the actual wind temperature blows across it because, as we've talked about before, uh, wind chill or the wind doesn't actually affect the overall temperature. It just uh, affects how quickly it changes. But uh, so, it, so it's out in front of the vehicle, and uh, it reads, and, and it, they're amazingly accurate, I find. Uh, that they, yeah. you know, have digital thermometers have have gotten very very good and very very accurate, and so uh, and so they read accurately inside the car, and uh, we service them from time to time. They're accurate, and so uh, and so they read accurately inside the car, and uh, we service them from time to time. Oh, well, you do. Every, everybody wants their thermostat or their thermometer working, so they know what the temperature is outside.
1: Yeah, you're right. Though I find it uh, really accurate when I'm hearing the temp given on CCO, or I'm checking with the uh, National Weather Service, and I thought, by golly, that's right on the money. So, and that is that yeah. typical? Uh, do most manufacturers put them there, where you said? Yeah, Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, okay. when you think of it, it's kind of the only. It, it needs to be in the wind.
1: Yeah,
2: it can't
0: be under the hood anywhere. It can't be in the fender well anywhere, because all of that is affected by road temperature and things. So it needs to be out in the wind to get an accurate uh, reading. And so that's that's the best place to put it.
1: All right. Let's do this. Let's take a quick break. And we've already got some text messages. If you want to call in your car care question, by all means, keep in mind, Dan will be with us only for about another half hour so. Call it in or text it in any kind of car care question you may have. 651-989-9226. Uh, We'll be back in a minute. I can tell you that we're going to be near 50 today. Right now, a few clouds are Twin City, temperature reading 29 degrees. Morning and welcome back to CISO's uh, Car Care Show. Denny Long here with ASE Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Where exactly in St. Paul are you guys located?
0: Well, thanks for asking, Denny. We are at 982. Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria. We're near the Lexington Restaurant and and Kowalski's here on Grand. Um, You can find us on the web at LloydsAutomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, LloydsAutomotive.net, or give us a call as soon as this morning. Jim will be here, 651-228-1316.
1: And I know every so often we get a question, is is or was there really a Mr. Lloyd? And there was.
0: There was. Howard Lloyd started the business in nineteen forty six. Wow. And I'm actually the third owner of the of the business. So I've I've owned Lloyd's automotive since nineteen ninety. So wow. I'm getting a little long in the tooth, Denny.
1: <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> not at not at all. Well, we'll get you that phone number. Of Lloyd's uh, before Dan leaves us uh, today. Uh, texters, yes, six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. That's uh, the same number for a phone call too. If you'd like to chat with uh, with Dan, uh, Texter says, should both air filters be checked during oil changes, or how often should they be changed? I presume they mean the engine air filter and the cabin filter. Would that be what yeah. they're talking about? You know, we check
0: them if it's possible and practical. But it's not always. Sometimes uh, an air filter, and especially a cabin filter, are just too complicated to uh, get after and, and look at. Um, so in that case, we do it on mileage interval, and we keep track of, of uh, how long the filters have been in there. The manufacturer recommends changing filters on a, at a certain mileage um, so we check them if we can, but if you, if it's too difficult to check, then we just trust the mileage, and and change them when the manufacturer recommends that we change them.
1: Yeah, I found that some vehicles are kind of nasty, real difficult, and on, others are very easy. But that's uh, that depends on the manufacturer. Um, Dexter uh, was referring to uh, our high mileage uh, talk. And like you said, it takes a lot of driving to put on 300,000 miles or so. But this dexter says, when you live in a rural area like I do, you can put on a lot of miles in a car. Like today, I need to go to a big box store in Rice Lake. It's a 140-mile round trip. <laughs> so
0: yeah, yeah, isn't that true, Denny? And, 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 you know, they just don't offer all of the services that you need in the town that you live in. And so you end up traveling from town to town. That's true. uh, You can uh, uh, crank up a lot of miles in a hurry if you live in a rural area. That's that's certainly true.
1: For sure. Dexter says this, and I remember doing doing this when I was mighty young. Years ago, we used to put cardboard in front of our radiators in very cold weather. Will this help with today's cars?
0: (laughs) Don't do that.
1: Don't do that. (laughs) No, don't
0: do that. The car is, well, you used to do that because your thermostat wasn't working properly, and it was, uh, you know, poor man's thermostat. You'd put some cardboard in front of the radiator, which would block the airflow and warm the engin- engine up warmer, uh, like it's supposed, or, you know, to make it more comfortable in the car. Uh, the trouble with that, of course, is that it's impossible to manage, and you can't have the temperature be constant. Um To answer the question, literally, yes, that would work. That would warm the engine up, uh, you know, warmer. But there's uh, systems on the vehicle that automate that process for you. The cooling fans on most cars now are electric, and the uh, thermostats are fancy and dependable. And so trust your thermostat and trust, you know, your vehicle, If your vehicle is not getting – if you're not getting good enough heat in the car, something's wrong with the vehicle causing that to happen. And the other thing that's happening is if the vehicle's running cold like that, you're getting poor gas mileage, and there are other concerns as well. So if you're not getting good heat in your car, go get the car fixed. Don't put cardboard in front of the radiator.
1: (laughs) I remember those years. Texture yeah. says, "I I have not driven my 2001 Jeep Compass for a year. The battery needs a charge once in a while, so I bought a new battery. What else should I do for maintenance since it has, since it has not been driven in that period?" Well,
0: of time. if it, if you haven't driven it for a year, I think you need to bring it into your shop and get an oil change and tell them that you haven't driven it for a year and ask them to do a good checkup on it and just be sure that everything is, is fine, that all the fluids are full, and that all of the steering and suspension and brakes and all that sort of stuff are, are good. Over a year, one thing that can happen is your brake rotors can get significantly rusty. And if that's the case, uh, you need to know that and, and take care of that too. So uh, you know, it, it, if it's been a year, it, it needs some attention. And you need to do that. Very good.
1: We need to take a quick break, and we're going to look at that warm-up forecast coming along in a moment or two. If uh, Keep in mind, if you have any kind of a car care question, Dan will be with us oh, for about another 15 minutes or so. So send us a text or give us a call, 651-989-9226. We'll take this break, look at the forecast, and be back with more of a Car Care Show on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here, along with ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Dan, bunch of text messages and uh, what we don't get to today, let's uh, let's open up the, open up the show uh, next week with, just uh, so we don't uh, shorten these uh, folks' chances. Uh, here's one. It says, uh, With the oil change sensor in the newer vehicles, how low percent-wise do you recommend before the oil should be changed? With the older vehicles, it seemed like they went by mileage.
0: Yeah, it, and it still kind of does. That's yeah. certainly one of the factors uh, in there is mileage. But I think the manufacturer, I've seen some of the stickers, and I think they say when it gets down to 15%, uh, it's time to change oil. And people ask me, well, should I do it by that, or should it? Should I do it by uh, mileage like we're used to doing it? You know, we still put a sticker on the window, and uh, – yeah, both are fine. <laughs> I think if if uh, if w- when mine gets down to fifteen percent, I get a little uncomfortable. So I change my oil before that. But uh, if you want to, you know, do it exactly the way the manufacturer recommends, I think that's just fine.
1: Yeah, very good. Uh, this texture says, uh, "Good morning." Uh, he or she wants to know: Have you had a lot of blown out tires this year? Texture says I just had one had a huge slash in it, and my tires uh, they thought were still in pretty good shape. Are you seeing any? You know, event?
0: Danny. Yeah, we just sent uh, the. I I just sent the first. Um, I think we did three bent wheels this week uh, from pothole stuff, and we've seen a couple of of uh, tires that are damaged, destroyed by potholes. So I think we're just getting into that season. and uh, But yes, it's it's starting to ramp up. And so I would caution people, uh, be aware of potholes. If you see one coming in the road, slow down, because at a slower speed, you're going to handle it better than at a fast speed. And uh, avoid it if you can do so safely. Do not swerve into another lane and get into (laughs) an auto wreck uh, to save a pothole but try and avoid it if you can.
1: Yeah. Good good advice. This uh, listener wants to know does a radiator fan push or pull the air?
0: It pulls the air. It uh it pulls the air in the direction that the vehicle is going. Uh in other words, you know, because the vehicle is going forward and the the fact that the vehicle is going forward will cause air to flow uh, it does not It does not fight that air. It works right. with that air and pulls it through the radiator that way.
1: Yeah, makes sense. This texter says this. Uh, We've driven our 2005 LeSabre on two separate occasions where we drive two hours at 20 to 25 miles an hour country roads. After an hour or so, it shifts hard. When we go road speed, it still shifts hard. The next day, everything seems normal again. What's going on there
0: well i don't I don't know what's going on there, but because it's taking that long
1: uh, for it
0: to act up, uh, I think what I would do what I would recommend is uh, have the fluid and the filter changed and see if that helps and and it might if the fluid's getting uh cruddy and if the filter's getting partially plugged that's exactly the type of situation where you're going to have trouble where you drive it like you know like that for for a long period of time so i would i would have the fluid changed uh see what see what the uh what the service technician finds in the oil pan that's or in the transmission pan that's a telling sign for us uh when we pull a pan down to see what's in the bottom of the pan, what kind of debris is there? If it's full of bushing material and metal and all that sort of stuff, then you know that uh, the life of your transmission is short.
1: I know we've received uh, calls or text messages, Dan, about uh, checking transmission fluid or changing it, or in, in the newer vehicles, I know you've mentioned it from time to time. Uh, some of these things are not uh, are kind of permanent, are they not fluid-wise?
0: Yeah, you know, they don't put dipsticks in a lot of the uh, transmissions anymore. So you can't check them that way. Um, the And people say, well, what do I do? And I said, well, you just have to trust your lights. You have to trust that the if the transmission is low on fluid, it's going to get overheated. And if it gets overheated, it's going to warn you about that. <clears throat> so you have to trust your lights. Um, and uh, some of the, t- I wouldn't say most, but some of the transmission fluids now are a lifetime where the manufacturer does not recommend changing them. Uh, many still are serviceable, though. So oh, okay. uh, pay, pay attention to that and do that according to what your manufacturer recommends.
1: I think we have time for a phone call. Let us go to Golden Valley. Joanne is there. Joanne, thanks for waiting. What's your question for Dan?
2: Uh, yeah, this is kind of an odd one. When I filled the car uh, a couple nights ago, few, na- few, yeah, just a few nights ago, and when I went to uh, restart it, it flooded. And somebody nearby said to me, well, you're, you're, I could hear, tell it's not, you know, your engine is, just let it sit for a few minutes, it flooded. And that's what happened. I, I waited a few minutes, and then it started. And then I have filled it since. I mean, just maybe even I kind of keep it topped off, and uh, because my car sits outside. And um, it was uh, uh, a couple times I filled it; nothing happened, and then it happened again. After putting in about about seven dollars worth of gas, I topped it <clears> off, <throat> and I went to start it, and I could tell it flooded again. I waited a few minutes, and then it started, and it starts all so it. It's fine. Everything's, uh, you know, it's it's starting right away. My car sits yeah. outside, and I I I can't figure. What do you think, <laughs> well, Dan? Let me, We've been
0: about a minute. You, let me just ask you a question: Is that has the check engine been on? Pardon? Has the check engine light been on on the vehicle?
2: Somebody um, checked it, and they said it wasn't anything.
0: Yeah. Okay. I did have well, someone it... check it. Yeah. That is that is what's causing the trouble that you're having, the fact that the check engine light is on, because when you're filling the car with gas, there's certain valves on the car that are supposed to close to keep gas vapors from getting up into the engine and flooding it, just like you're describing. And on your car, one of those valves isn't closing properly uh, when you shut the car off to put fuel in. And so that's why it's flooding. And so if you deal with the check engine light, and what they're saying with the check engine light, you don't have to deal with it in that um, it's not going to cause a running problem, and that's true. But uh, if you deal with the check engine light, that will take care of what's causing the uh, flooding problem when you're putting fuel in. What's, what's, what, the reason that it's doing it is just what you're describing is fuel is leaking. Fuel vapors are leaking from the tank up into the engine while you're putting fuel in. And, uh, and uh, when that happens, of course, the vehicle is flooded. All
1: right. We are out of time, Dan. I'm going to give you a call this week. I got a message from a, a longtime uh, customer of yours and a friend of mine. So we'll, uh, we'll pass these messages along uh, in a couple of days or so. So I'll give you a shout. In the meantime, what's your phone number there, at Lloyd's? Uh, give us
0: a call today, 651-228-1316.
1: All right, Mr. Long, in the tooth of the tooth, we will talk to you next Saturday. What do you say?
0: Thanks, Danny Long. I'll look forward to it.
1: Okay, good deal. Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive. Jack Farrell's next wine chat here on eight three zero WCCO. We get it. Attention spans just
0: aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their
1: ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio.